All righty, good afternoon, everybody. This is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. The end of the regular season is upon us, week number 17. Most of us are, in fact, done with fantasy football. If you're not, you may want to look into that. And next year, uh, as uh, Wiz talked about, we're we going to potentially be dealing with a 17-game schedule, and that could change the whole complexity around uh, fantasy to begin with. Wiz, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, and, um, you know, next week we're definitely going to dedicate um, a lot to the fantasy football playoffs, uh, talking about the playoffs in general, but also uh, we're, we're both in um, – in fantasy football playoffs in several leagues and uh, hopefully the leagues out there are doing them and uh, continuing on. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we're certainly going to be talking about it. And uh, I, I'm in leagues and by both of us are where there'll be a snake playoff draft and an auction playoff draft, which uh, makes it a lot of fun. But uh, we'll, um, we're definitely going to be talking about that at length and in depth next week. Yeah, and I'd say, look, the, the way the NFL has, has lined this up, they've done a very, very good job in general as we're trying to determine who, who, who is going to be in the playoffs. Uh, the NFL has paid very close attention to the way they've scheduled these games so that you know teams really have to go head-to-head against one another, kind of scoreboard watching, if you will. Uh, so much like you do in fantasy football on a Sunday, that's what's going to be going on. Uh, a number of playoff spots are still to be decided. We've got a couple of divisions that are still undecided. You know, a team like the Colts can win the AFC South, but they could also be out of the playoffs. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, scenarios uh, underway. And, uh, you know, I think for, for the most part, you know, there's going to be a number of teams that obviously uh, because of whether it's injury or they're going to rest their players because there's not a need to uh, play for anything. So there's there's decisions around that if, in fact, you're still doing fantasy uh, or, or, or in DraftKings as well, because, you know, I think you have to look at some of those players that are kind of cheaply priced as a result of getting an opportunity uh, because of injury. And, and there's a number of injuries. There's a number of COVID cases in the league. I know Alvin Kamara has come up with uh, with COVID. We know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is. So so the effects of that is going to be felt uh, throughout the league this weekend. Yeah, there's no question about that. I, I have some terrific stats um, and very interesting stats uh, that I'm going to talk about later as we get into the wagering portion of the podcast uh, that uh, – that I think, uh, you know, is going to be uh, something that people should take into consideration <clears throat> when they're looking at the wagers um, for Sunday. But uh, I guess right now, are you ready to uh, do the love them and leave them uh, this week? I guess we could start a quarterback. And, uh, guy, why don't you take us out? Okay, so uh, quarterback this week, I- I've tried to kind of pay attention to games where, you know, really do matter. Uh, in a few instances, I've kind of taking myself away from that. But the two quarterbacks that I love this week uh, are Phillip Rivers and Andy Dalton. And both of these quarterbacks are playing for something. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars have, have posed as a you know a defense that is very easy to kind of score upon. Uh, Phillip Rivers has played very well in the second half of the season, though I, I think it would be somewhat beneficial if Frank Reich takes a look at what Jonathan Taylor actually means to this football team. I think getting away from him last week was a, was a big mistake and, and a big reason why they lost that football game against the Steelers. But I think Phillip Rivers will have his way against this particular uh, defense. So I, I, I do like uh, Phillip Rivers this week. And Andy Dalton has really started to come on uh, in this offense 
offense, uh, getting all three of those receivers involved. We saw Ezekiel Elliott go over 100 yards last week. The Dallas Cowboys are, in fact, playing for something. And I just think Dalton has now gotten comfortable uh, playing in this offense. So those are the two quarterbacks that I kind of love this week. And, and the guy I'm going to shy away from this week is going to be is going to be Kyler Murray. The last time Kyler Murray uh, played with an injury, we, we saw a big disappointment as a result of that. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned in this particular game. I think a lot of people will be on the side of the uh, of, of the Arizona Cardinals in this game. Rams still pose a a decent defensive threat here. Uh, but I don't like Kyler Murray coming off that injury. He got banged up at the end of the game. So he's going to be the quarterback, even though they are playing for a playoff spot against a backup quarterback. I am fading Kyler Murray this week. Uh, so that's my quarterback situation for week number 17. All right, I'm going to show my fade because, uh, <clears throat> simple enough, I'm fading the same player. I'm fading Kyler Murray as well. Um, several reasons. Um, you know, if he doesn't have his legs and the ability to run for a lot of yards, that really diminishes his value. Then you have Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the ball taking on Hopkins. And Hopkins may have an okay game, but, he, he you know, you're just not going to have a game where he goes crazy against Ramsey. And the others on the Cardinals have just not done anything. I mean, Kirk has been very, very quiet. Fitzgerald is just, you know, just, just been okay some of these games. Same thing with Kenyon Drake. Edmonds has been kind of hurt. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on feeding Kyler Murray. I think that's kind of an easy one this week. And I'm loving Tom Brady this week. <clears throat> uh, I'm just going to keep rolling on the Brady bandwagon. And especially in this game, <clears throat> with several of the key defensive players for Tampa Bay out, I feel Atlanta is going to score points in this game. And I think that Brady had an unbelievable second half against Atlanta um, where they were trailing by a lot of points early in the game. They came back and had that, that big win at Atlanta just a few weeks ago. But I think Brady's going to have to get off to a hot start from the very beginning. So I am loving Brady, and we're fading the same quarterback, Kyle Murray. You know, I want to ask you something about about Brady uh, with his receivers. You know, coming into this season, I had a very strong opinion about Chris Godwin being the big beneficiary uh, of Tom Brady coming to town. And it's actually been completely opposite where Godwin has really not been able to get out of his own way. Granted, he has dealt with some injuries this year, but Mike Evans has really been the stalwart um, in this receiving core for Tom Brady. Uh, surprising to you? Uh, I, I mean, is it, is it the injury situation that's kind of compromised the chemistry between the two players? Uh, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think I think it's picked up as of late. Uh, he's he's throwing the ball a lot more to Godwin as well. And you know, Godwin started off he wasn't right for the first couple of games. Then when he was back on track, and he had the issue with the broken finger. And I, I just feel like now it looks like. Tampa Bay is like hitting on all cylinders <clears throat> on offense. He's spreading the ball around. Everyone's getting in on the action. I think Godwin will be a key guy uh, in his game on Sunday and uh, and uh, and and in the playoffs as well. I don't think he could be d- discounted. So uh, and, and I th- I just think in this game with White out, Shaq Barrett out, that you know the pass rush is not going to be there for Tampa and their back half of their secondary, you know, the back half of their defense has been kind of susceptible. So I think Ryan's going to be able to put up yards and points in his game, which will kind of force Brady to do the same. So it's really the reason I, I love Brady this week. So let's move to running back. I'll I'll, I'll start at running back and the short things I believe are the short things this week. Derrick Henry 
Jonathan Taylor um, are, are up there in the top five, and I think they should be. And three other guys that I love this week. I love DeAndre Swift this week to have a big game, uh, especially if Matt Stafford is quarterbacking where the other team has to kind of – where the Vikings are going to have to respect – the pass a little bit more, well, actually a lot bit more, a lot more of Stafford's quarterbacking. So if Stafford's in there, I'm loving Swift. And then two other guys I'm loving this week, I, you know, J.K. Dobbins, I don't understand why he's barely in the top 20 um, for the week. I don't see that this week. I see him as a top 10 guy in a game where the Ravens, I think, are going to be on top of the Bengals, scoring a lot. And J.K. Dobbins is going to be a big, big part of that game. And I'm loving Wayne Gallman. Uh, I think the blueprint for the Giants is going to be run the ball. And it's been fairly easy to run the ball against the Cowboys. And I think that's going to be the game plan for the Giants. So I think he's going to catch some passes, run for pretty good yards. I, I would be not surprised if he even had two touchdowns in his game. So I'm loving Owen Ballman. And a guy that's like ranked right around the top 10 or certainly RB1 for this week that I'm fading is going to be Miles Gaskin. I just don't think he's had the same mojo with Tua as he did with Fitzpatrick. Um, certainly in the passing game, if Fitzpatrick is just better at that. And his goal line carries, he's had a lot of red zone carries where he hasn't been able to score Miles Gaskin. So I'm going to feed Miles Gaskin this week. And um, let's say you, let's say you were running back. Yeah. And then Gaskin coming off that humongous game um, against the Raiders. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I, you know, the whole offense has looked different. Uh, we don't have the safety net this week of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So two has got to play well. Uh, I, is, is Devontae Patrick, uh, um, Parker playing in this ball game? I, I have not seen if that's been determined yet. Uh, that will certainly help. But you know, the, the Miami Dolphins have been very shorthanded with offensive weapons. Gaskin's been a big part of that. So, uh, but I agree with you in that he has definitely not played as well uh, with Tua in there at quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we'll see. And, uh, Dan, what do, you, uh, what do you think this week in running back? Okay, so I, I, I would say with, with, you know, I think this, I'm stating the obvious here, but I'm not really, this is not going to be in the equation but that, that of the guys I want to talk about. But uh, DeMarco Murray, uh, DeMarco Murray, um, Latavius Murray this week with no with no Alvin Kamara uh, is probably going to be a top three running back. Uh, I, I would assume he gets the lion's share, though, you know, I think they could be protecting him, too. I think that's one thing you got to watch for because Kamara has not been determined that he'll be able to play in that first round of the playoffs. And that would not be a good situation if Murray were to go down, too. So but I think he's a, he's a running back that a lot of people will look at um, the guys that I like this week uh, kind of. A little bit on the obscure side, but not really. Now, Malcolm Brown gets a big opportunity this week with no with no Henderson. Uh, you've got Cam Akers, who's questionable coming into this ball game. So I like Malcolm Brown in this ball game. I think a player who's gotten red hot in the latter half of this season. They've been using him in a variety of ways. Last weekend, actually, he he used his legs in the running game rather than the passing game. But David Johnson is red hot, and and I'm I'm going to take him again here. Um, I, I think that's a player that you want to latch on to. He's played very very well. We know the 
injuries that the um, Houston Texans have undergone in, in their receiving core. And Johnson's becoming a bigger part of this offense in the last few weeks. So he's a player I like. And the last guy I'm going to say, Frank Gore, is not going to be playing this week. It looks like Pirine's going to be out too. Ty Johnson is a guy that I really like this week. I think New England is just done after last week. It looked Everybody was exasperated on that sidelines. But I like Ty Johnson for the Jets against the New England Patriots this week. You probably see a little bit of Adams in there as well. But Ty Johnson can catch the ball. I think he's shown a lot more. and I think he's an interesting part of the puzzle uh, for the future in the Jets' backfield. I really do think so. And the two guys I'm fading, one is an emotional fade because I'm sick and tired of the way this player has been used this year. Uh, and John Gruden, I'm also sick and tired of him. But I'm fading Josh Jacobs, and I'm going to state right here right now that as long as John Gruden is coaching the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, I will never draft Josh Jacobs again. I am tired of the usage of this player. It's really annoying. They don't use him enough in the passing game. Even when he's running well, they don't play him enough. So John Gruden, as long as you are coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, I will not be drafting Josh Jacobs ever again. And that is a proclamation. So he's one guy I'm fading. And the other guy that I'm fading is one of the hottest players in the land, David Montgomery. Uh, I know they're playing against Green Bay. Green Bay's not a great defense. They did do an okay job against Derrick Henry, but the the, the game script really didn't play towards uh, Derrick Henry running the ball a lot. I just think a lot of attention is going to be placed on the guy. Uh, you know, Montgomery has been ruining teams week in and week out. And I'm just going to fade him this week that, you know, this is a story that's kind of, since Matt Nagy's given up the play calling, this has been a a different story for the player, but I don't know. I think I think Green Bay will come up with something and say, "Hey, Mitch Trubisky, you got to beat us this week." So I'm going to fade David Montgomery. A couple quick things before uh, you know, I'll let you take us. You know, start us out of wide receiver is one. You know, I agree with you about the usage of, of Jacobs, but you know, the, you know, what the irony is about that is that you know John Gruden in his you know when his in his coaching at Tampa. The, the one criticism that he got was he kind of ran Cadillac Williams into the ground by giving him a million carries. So I think this was the appeal for, you know, if the people who were so high on Jacobs is that Gruden is kind of do the same thing. And I don't know if he thought, okay, you know, I shouldn't have done that with Cadillac Williams. I'm going to be much more careful, but he, I, I agree with you. He's gone the completely the other way and not giving that play of taking him off the field. I, I watched him enough at Alabama. He can catch the ball. I don't understand why he's automatically running off the field on third down plays. I mean, he, when you have a runner like Jacobs and like Chubb, I don't understand like the thinking behind getting them off the field on the third down. You throw the ball to those guys, and that's where they are elite. And uh, I agree with you. I, I just don't like the usage on him. But one other quick thing you mentioned uh, about Montgomery, uh, about Green Bay, is they suffered a horrendous loss this week in practice with David Bakhtiari. And if you think about the Packers, after saying, you know, who are the top three guys the Packers could not afford to lose? And I would say after Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I would say clearly David Bakhtiari would be the third player on the Green Bay Packers that they could not afford to lose. And losing the best left tackle in football is a monster blow uh, heading into the postseason. That is 
absolutely brutal. And I don't know what the mindset of Green Bay is going to be, but, uh, you know, I know you mentioned Montgomery as a fade, and I just wanted to mention that real quick about the Bakhtiari loss. That was that, That's going to really hurt the Packers. It's really funny that you, you mentioned that because three of uh... – so far, as we've been talking here, three prop bets. I have four prop bets on player props this week. You've talked about three of them in some way, shape, or form, a derivative of that, in some of the conversations that we've had here already. So I'll, I'll, I'll further elaborate when we, get to the, when we get to the prop bets. I think it's just kind of funny, though. I'm just laughing to myself. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Take us out of wide receiver. What do you got this week? Who are you loving and who are you leaving behind? Okay, so... You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the leaves first. Um, you know, I I, th- I think this has been really problematic. You know, generally speaking, teams have decided to not throw against Jalen Ramsey as much. Uh, I talked about the uh, the Kyla Murray situation, so I'm fading uh, DeAndre Hopkins this week, uh, both for the fact that Murray's not playing uh, at full strength and Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the ball. So he's my fade, uh, and my 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 other fade at the wide receiver position. Uh, look, I don't know what's going on here, um, but something is not right with this offense in the passing game, and they can't get it right. But even DK Metcalf can't get get right at the moment in the Seattle offense, uh, and I'm fading DK Metcalf. San Francisco's defense is playing very well. We know Robert Sala is an extremely animated defensive coordinator. That's the one weapon that you need to stop on this team. We know Tyler Lockett has basically done a Houdini act since that huge game back in week number seven or eight. Uh, but I'm going to fade DK Metcalf. So those are the two guys I'm fading at wide receiver. Uh, the guys I love this week, uh, I can't find when I, I unfortunately I couldn't find any prop bets on this particular ball game. But the chemistry between Sam Darnold and uh, J- Jamison. Crowder is alive and well, and until otherwise that you see, Jameson Crowder is going to catch seven or eight balls in this particular game. Uh, I think that chemistry is working very, very well, so I love Jameson Crowder. Uh, I think Matt Rule and uh, and Brady uh, have found a, a unique weapon and the, and the way to use Curtis Samuel the right way. Curtis Samuel had a monster game. He's really going to be a bigger beneficiary in the rushing game this week with no Mike Davis. I love Curtis Samuel this week. And the other guy I love, you know, I talked about Andy Dalton, and he's finding a way to get all the receivers involved. But this week, I, and, and I think Amari Cooper will draw the attention of Bradbury, but this is a C.D. Lamb week. I like C.D. Lamb against the Giants. Uh, those are the three wide receivers that I love this week. You know, kind of a little bit back of the pack guys that I think could have really big weeks this week. Interesting. Um, so I'm going to go with my fade first, and I'm not with you. I'm fading Hopkins. <clears throat> Makes sense to me. I'm fading Kyle Murray. Um, and, uh, you know, if he's not going to have his legs and he's going to have to just be a pocket passer in his game, it just diminishes a lot of things, especially for a player like Hopkins where he's not going to be able to extend plays Kyle Murray and Jalen Ramsey's opposite side him. So I don't agree with Hopkins being a wide receiver one for this week. I'm feeding him. <clears throat> now I'm going to get into the, the, the four wide receivers that I love this week. Um, I'm loving Mike Evans. I think that that train continues rolling with my Tom Brady love, and I think it's going to be early and often to Mike Evans in this game. <clears throat> uh, you mentioned that you love Rivers, and I, I, you know, I can see that, and I'm loving T.Y. Hilton this week, who has been coming on as of late the last you know five six games he's had some big games and he plays well at home so i'm kind of loving ty hilton this week uh justin jefferson needs 111 yards to break anquan bolden's rookie receiving 
like at the yards and knowing the type of guys that Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen are, I think they are going to be the first two guys to insist that they throw a lot of passes to Justin Jefferson and get him that record. So I think they, it's going to be one of these games where they're going to force feed Jefferson the ball. And uh, he's a guy that I think is a must start in every DraftKings lineup. Justin Jefferson needing 111 yards to break the record. So I'm loving him. And you mentioned Lockett. I think he's going to have a good game this week. This is the type of receiver that has given the 49ers secondary some troubles in the past, and maybe with a lot of attention focused on Metcalf, Lockett can have a big game. And I think this will be it. At least I'm hoping it. I've kind of missed on Lockett. He's been the one guy that I've kind of put in the love list and I've missed several times. So I'm going to do it one more time, and I'm uh, kind of loving uh, Tyler Lockett this week. So uh, that's what I have in wide receiver. All right, very interesting. Yeah, he has really done a disappearing act. A lot of a lot of head scratching about that Seattle defense in the second half of the season. It's been uh, it's been tough to watch, and uh, you know they got a little bit of their verve back in the second half of that game. But you know Russell Wilson and this offense, you know they're going to be an early uh, knockout candidate if they keep playing the way they are uh, offensively. All right, so let's go to uh, let's let's go to the tight ends. Uh, why don't you uh, take us out? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be quick at tight end. I'm loving one and I'm leaving one. I'm loving Logan Thomas. I, I'm, I, I really don't care who's quarterbacking. Um, he's just been a guy that every quarterback who's been there has had a lot of confidence. Just the one thing I'm just, you know, um, happy about uh, is that it's not Haskins. So as long as uh, Haskins is not throwing it, I'm, I'm good with whoever's quarterbacking. So whether it's Heineke or or uh, Alex Smith this week, I'm loving Logan Thomas. And then I'm going to feed Robert Tanyan. I just feel like he plays his better games at home. That's one. And then also my field, I mentioned before, without Bakhtiari, the tight ends are going to have to be kept in a little bit more to block. He is also a very good you know, blocking tight end. So for that reason, I'm going to feed Robert Tanyan at tight end. Quick and simple. What say you? Okay, so uh, my love him is going to be uh, kind of an obscure guy. Uh, I just really like what I saw of him last week in the ball game. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with the receiving core on uh, on the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I do know that Mike Williams stinks and, and Keenan Allen is banged up. But I was very impressed with what I saw from Stephen. And I know Hunter Henry's out, but Stephen Anderson showed some big time athleticism and chemistry with uh, Justin Herbert last week. So he's going to be the tight end that I love this week. And the guy I'm going to fade, just because he has not had any success against this team in two years going, uh, it's Darren Waller. And Darren Waller has been on a remarkable run for tight end. Uh, Earlier this season, three for 37. He was unable to have big games against them last year as well. So based on that, it's a relatively short history. But Darren Waller's got to prove it to me. He's the one weapon, as we know, in this passing game. Although Aguilar's had a nice year. But I'm going to fade Darren Waller uh, this year. I just want to add one thing. Logan Thomas, you know, for people that don't know out there, this is a guy that was a quarterback. Uh, He bounced around the league as a backup quarterback. He's been learning the tight end position. I think what this player has done this year is nothing short of remarkable. A tremendous, tremendous season, despite all the different quarterbacks that he's had to kind of play with. I think he's got to be on your radar for next year as a top 10 guy at the tight end position. Yeah, yeah, a good one. I like the Anderson uh, pick. I think that's a... That, that's a, a player that people could sprinkle in their DraftKings lineup at a very, very cheap salary, probably the minimum, $3,000, i am guessing, without even looking. So <clears throat> I like that one a lot. Uh, it's always good to, 
you know, give these guys that, yeah, most people are not looking at. It's always a good way to make a good hit on your daily fantasy lineups that people put in there. So, good. Um, I'm looking real quick, and I noticed this, that a lot of the games don't have the player props up. A few do. So I know that you've looked at this and maybe you've looked at this, you know, as we're doing the podcast. Um, tell us about any player props that you love um, and, you know, the ones that I guess are out, I guess I can talk about a little bit. But kind of tell us who you love in terms of player props this week. So I, I think last week we saw for the first time in a number of weeks that Christian Kirk became a more viable part of this offense. Uh, he caught seven balls for 76 yards. We know the attention that DeAndre Hopkins is going to get this week. I love Christian Kirk receptions over three and a half receptions this week. I like the way they got him the football. Uh, I think Dan Arnold's been a little bit banged up, as has Larry Fitzgerald, but they found a way to get Kirk a little bit more involved finally. So I love Christian Kirk over three and a half uh, uh, receptions in this in, in this week's action. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mentioned it already. Uh, I didn't like the way Frank Reich got away from him last week. Jacksonville has not been able to stop anybody. I think if if, if, if myself or Wiz was in the backfield uh, for, for the uh, Indianapolis Colts this week, we may even won for 20 or 30 yards against this Jacksonville defense. Over 83 and a half yards rushing for Jonathan Taylor. You mentioned J.K. Uh, Dobbins. Uh, Gus Edwards uh, is banged up a bit. Mark Ingram is, I don't know what's going on with that player, but Dobbins at 69 and a half yards rushing. I think this is a sure thing out there. Um, so I really love that one. And the last one, you talked about uh, Bakhtiari being out. Uh, the Chicago Bears still have a decent defense, though it's not, not as firm as it's been in the past. But I was looking at this. Aaron Rodgers has not eclipsed 270 yards passing against the Bears in over 10 games. And the line for over-under for Aaron Rodgers passing this week... 295 and a half. I think that is much too high. We saw what A.J. Dillon did last week. I think you'll see a lot more of him. Uh, And I think they'll run the ball with him and Jones. Uh, So I am fading Aaron Rodgers, 295 and a half yards passing. I'm taking the under there. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been with you on every one of those. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on the Taylor one. Um, he's a different player now, and uh, and then he, they met in week one. Um, he was barely used. Marlon Mack was still had some carries in that game before he got hurt. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on on all of those. The Dobbins one, the Aaron Rodgers under you know the Kirk one makes sense considering that they're probably going to be looking away from Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey's probably going to be on Hopkins. So all of those make sense. And I'm with you, you know, going to wait for the player prop. I mean, um, I, I don't know what they, you know, I'm going to wait for the, the one on Titans are, but I have this, you know, this stat that I talked about a couple of weeks ago before I gave Derrick Henry at the Jags as my prop play of the year, over 107 and a half yards rushing, and he had over 200 yards rushing in that game. The same thing is true. He didn't have 100 yards last week, and he's playing on the road. I don't care what the under and over they make on that Derrick Henry prop play is to later today or tomorrow. I'm going over on that one. So um, we'll see how that plays out. And when the prop plays, uh, you know, uh, are out later today and tomorrow, I'll have a better gauge on that. But I'm, I'm with you on those in the Derrick Henry as well. And uh, God, as far as games this week, this is always interesting. I have a tremendous stat in the last five years. 
in week 17, at least a seven-point underdog or higher has won the game outright. Five years in a row in week 17. I think that streak is going to continue, but I'll let you have at it first. Who are you loving this week in terms of the point spread? Okay, so um, I actually I'm looking at two over-unders and just one point spread this week in the three games that I'm looking at. So I think the Ravens are next to the Buffalo Bills, the, the second hottest team in football right now. Um, they're going to be playing against the Bengals, who, you know, the Bengals showed, showed a little bit of offense. And I think that 43-and-a-half over-under in the Bengal-Raven game is way too low. I see both teams uh, really putting up some points in this ball game. I don't think this Raven defense is, is what it's been in the past. And I think the Bengals have stayed competitive to the end. I'm not, the Ravens are going to win this football game, don't get me wrong, but I could easily see this being kind of some kind of 35-21 type 35-21 type game. So I love the over under 43 and a half Ravens and Bengals. Um, I also love, I look at an over under that's probably the highest over under on the board, if I'm not mistaken. The Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. Uh, neither of these teams play defense particularly well. Uh, Houston has managed, and Deshaun Watson has managed to play very well offensively despite the injuries. And I love the over in this game. I think a lot of people are going to look at that and take the under. I'm with you on Derrick Henry, but I see this being a super high-scoring game. Tennessee-Houston over 56. And the last one, probably as important a game as there is uh, this week in terms of determining a playoff spot, uh, the Redskins have their own, uh, you know, basically... Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry. The Washington football team uh, have, have have it in their own hands whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. Uh, they're playing against the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be short players this week. I, I think they're playing out the string. I think Washington football team, regardless, has found a way to play inspired football. We know we've talked about this defense. Looks like Alex Smith is going to play in this game, as is Antonio Gibson. Not sure about McLaurin yet, but... Signs are pointing towards him playing. I like the Washington football team in this game. They're laying, I believe it's three or three and a half. I, I, it's moving around. It's moving back and forth. But either way, Washington football team wins this game going away. I, I think they're going to win this division. I think this is probably the best team in the division all the way around, especially because of this defense. And I think they're going to try to take this in their own hands and win this game decisively this week. All right. I, I, I cannot believe how many games I love this week. And the reason why I love so many games this week, including maybe my best player of the entire year, which I will get to in a second, is I think there's a real edge for the better in week 17, where it is just so difficult for these guys to make the proper line on usage, desire, who's, who's actually you know going to be playing hard this week, for what reasons. There, there are a lot of things that come into play um, this week, and I think there is a real, real edge uh, for the better this week if they pick and choose their spots. And I love some underdogs that I believe are going to win the game outright. Let me get to the three favorites that I love. The, the the Colts are a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they are going to obliterate the Jags at home in this game. I'm not someone who just usually you know, comes on here at all. I mean, mostly I'm talking about underdogs <clears throat> winning the game outright or – you know, I've had some you know good ones like I thought the Cowboys were going to upset the Vikings at Minnesota, and I said to take that one in the money line. But I, I think the Colts lost to the Jags. They are angry that they're in this spot because of this loss, where they kind of need help to get in the playoffs. I think they're going to take care of business in a big way. I think they're going to win this game by three or four touchdowns. Agree with you on the Ravens. I think the same thing is going to hold true in that game. They need business. 
a couple of years ago, I'm sure you remember this, week 17, all the Ravens had to do was win oh, at home against Cincinnati yep. to make the playoffs. Andy Dalton on the road led them back to a win at the buzzer, basically to beat the Ravens and to get the Bills in the playoffs, and the Bills donated money to Andy Dalton's foundation. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing, actually. So, I think, you know, Harbaugh and some of those Ravens, that is on their mind, and I think they are going to come out and really hammer the Bengals in this game. That's that's the second favorite I love. And then the third favorite I love before I get into this, the list of underdogs I love are the Tennessee Titans. And in week 17 last year, they, I don't know if you remember this game, but I've talked about this in the podcast, on podcasts in the past. They wanted Derrick Henry to get the rushing title, and they gave it to him like 20 times in a row, and he beat Nick Chubb for the rushing title. Well, Derrick Henry needs 223 yards to get to 2,000 yards rushing, and if the Texans, if the Titans start getting ahead in this game, and the Texans, with the stuff that's been going on with J.J. Watt, kind of like lose interest, I can see the same type of thing where in the entire fourth quarter they're giving the ball every single carry to Henry to get that 223. I'm loving the Titans in a blowout this game on the road. Now I'm going to get to the underdogs that I like this week. Uh, I know Roethlisberger is not starting for Pittsburgh. I think that line is ridiculous at nine and a half. Uh, I, I know people think that the Steelers are laying down, but I don't see it that way. I think this is going to be a competitive game, and I'm liking the Steelers plus the points. I think the Lions are going to beat the Vikings this week. I think the the, the Vikings have lost interest. Uh, they kind of given up on the season. The Lions are going to have a new coach, a new general manager, a, a, a new staff in the building, and I think they're going to want to put have some of these guys put some good game film on tape here. I think the Lions are going to win the game. I think the Giants at home are going to beat the Cowboys. I talked about this early in the week. Every time it looks like the Cowboys are ready, and here they are full disappointment. I think the Giants at home get them. I think they run the ball a lot with Goldman and win that game. I think Miami goes into Buffalo and wins that game outright as well. Uh, I just think Miami has played too well and they're going to win this game with a good defensive effort. And I just think it may be the type of game where Buffalo is going to look at in the second half and kind of make sure they don't get any of their key guys hurt. So I'm loving Miami. And then my best game of the week and maybe my best game of the year is, believe it or not, the Jets. The Jets at against the Patriots. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I think, believe it or not, at New England, the Jets should be favored in this game, and here are the reasons why. One, the Jets, it doesn't matter where their draft pick is next, next year, whether they win or lose this game. They will be picking second. As far as the Patriots are concerned, their record where it stands, there are several teams right around the same record, one game behind, one game above. This game, win or lose, can move them up or down about five spots in the, in the draft spot for next year. I think they are not even going to care one iota about this game. We know what the Patriots do with their organization. They are definitely looking at things in this game. While the Patriots don't really care, I think the Jets do care. I think Sam Donald knows that these games are crucial for him, whether it's going to be with the Jets or with 
another team to have good game film. And like you said, Crowder and that receiving core, Ty Johnson, I'm loving the Jets this week. I think the Jets are my player of the year, plus three, winning that game in New England. You know, what I watched last Monday night, um, I had a little bit of anxiety going into Monday night. It was in two championship games. I had the Buffalo Bills defense uh, that that I was using in in two different leagues. Um, But watching the New England Patriots last week was, was so concerning in terms of what was going on in the field. didn't I mean, obviously, Newton cannot throw the football. Five touchdown passes all year. We know why Jared Stidham has not been the quarterback. I think the Patriots have had no receiving core and no tight ends for two years going. And, yeah, as you mentioned, they've got players out. They've got injuries. Uh, they were compromised to begin with coming into the season. And the Jets got to hop in their step to finish out the season. So I, I, I love the call. Uh, I think the Jets are the better football team right now. Bill, Bill Belichick looks, looked like he was ready for the beach or the golf course uh, last Monday night. He was winging the phone, if you remember. So I, I love the call. I think it's a very, very interesting one. I think, but yeah, I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago. I think it was a giant game. Uh, they were playing against Arizona. And I think everybody loved the Giants that week. I think the same things here. I don't know anybody that doesn't love the Cowboys this week. Everybody I've spoken to loves the Cowboys. So I'm kind of in yeah, your corner. I, I think there's going to be disappointment time once again for the Cowboys. And just going back to the to the Jet game is what what reason are the Patriots going to play this game to win? And I know the, the old Herman Edwards thing, you know, you play the game too, and I get that, but not the Patriots. This game can matter about, I look closely at the standings and whether they win or lose this game, to me in about five spots in the upcoming draft, the Jets are locked into that two spot, they're playing better, and they have a desire to play hard, and I think the Patriots are going to play like they just want to get through that 60 minutes. I am loving the Jets to win this game. I am telling you, um, I, I am feeling extremely confident about this one, so we'll see how that plays out, but uh, you know, that's uh, that's the way I see it. All right, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, big time breaking news here, Wiz. Uh, <laughs> we've seen teams you know, as the season is kind of worn on, uh, impacted heavily because of COVID, but nobody is going to be impacted more than the New Orleans Saints this week. It has just been announced that the entire running back room, including the running back coach, will not be at that game against the Carolina Panthers. So no Kamara, no Dwayne Washington, no Latavius Murray. So they're going to have to go to the practice squad for their running back. The running backs coach is also going to be out. Michael Burton, the fullback, also will not be playing in this ball game. So major Did impact. They, they, they have a Ty Montgomery. Uh, Ty Montgomery has not been mentioned as of yet, as far as I could see. So, I, I, to your point, if that's the if that's the case, that would be a, a name to watch for this particular game. But right now, a slew of guys are being impacted by this uh, from the New Orleans Saints and the Saints. You know, well, look- this is this is this could be uh, this could be unbelievable because uh, you know this is about the NFL structure in terms of their COVID rules and if the if, if these players have tested positive and the Saints play on Saturday, one of those guys are going to be available. That's correct. So Ty Montgomery is playing. So that, if you and I think Wiz is getting at something here for DraftKings. If you if, if you if you're looking at a player here right now, uh, he is a guy that you want to own in DraftKings. Ty Montgomery will be the beneficiary this week of all those guys being out. 
Yeah, that's uh that that's uh, very interesting and uh yeah, just just wild. But you know, this is about timing, right? Think about this for one second. Think about what ty- what, what Alvin Kamara did in the in the in the in the Super Bowl for so many teams. What if this news came out last week and he didn't play? I mean, just think about the timing. How 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 you know? I talk about. Yeah, it's great to be prepared and, and skilled, and you know have have different backup plans. But there is just an element of luck, especially this upcoming this past year with COVID and the timing of all of this stuff. And uh, if you have Alvin Kamara, you can just uh, thank the timing of, of all of this. Otherwise, uh, I'm sure it would have been a different outcome for uh, Alvin Kamara owners of uh, of your Super Bowl. That's for sure. No question about it. Just it's it is amazing, and and you know I think look we've talked about this almost all year long before the season. We know there was a lot of naysayers. I, I had a number of guys, that fr- friends of mine, that actually did not partake in fantasy this year because they didn't think we were going to have a football season. And generally speaking, the NFL did get through this. You know, relatively, I would say relatively unscathed. Where in in just a couple of games was it really a meaningful impact? And we saw that last week, right? We saw that last week with the Brown Jet game. The, the Browns were compromised in a big way. And by the way, I just want to say something about that. Last week, do you know before that game with no receiving core, do you know that Austin Hooper? The over-under on his yards was thirty-three and a half. And you know, again, this is a relatively new. For, you know, form of betting. It's not like uh, game lines where the experts kind of have an edge and stuff like that. If you're in a state where you're able to do these kind of player prop bets, I think it's very distinct how inefficient the the odds making is in this particular you know type of of, of wager. And I think you got to be paying very close attention to that. And I was very shocked to see that I actually ended up betting that you know thirty three and a half. I was shocked at how low it was. But again, that's got to take into a lot, account a lot of information. How do you make a line on that? Do you do you you know here's a player that doesn't necessarily go over forty odd yards a game very often. But the fact is, the entire receiving core was out. And and someone had to be a beneficiary catching the football, and Austin Hooper certainly was that last week. But anyway, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. You know, like I said, the NFL has pulled off a miracle. Hopefully, they can continue to do that. I don't want to see teams compromise so aggressively, especially working so hard to get to this point in the playoffs and to lose players. It would really, really suck. But yeah, the Patriots. Right to your point, the Saints are could be up against it if they're playing in that Saturday matchup. That is a big problem for the New Orleans Saints right now. And the Saints have, I believe the Saints with the Packers was have a chance to get that one seed, don't they? That is correct. And we know that the Chicago Bears, what they're playing for, right? Chicago Bears. So that, that game is no gimme for the Bears. I know there's a lot of people. I know I know for a fact that the, 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 the Packers in Week 17 have an unbelievable record against the Bears. I, I get all that. But, you know, the, the, the Bears are playing a different type of football now. And without Bakhtiari, it's going to be a different type of game. That line is dropping and dropping and dropping. The last I looked a minute ago, it was down to four points. I know it was like five and a half or six uh, a few days ago. So that line is going down. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean, th- th- this game means a lot for like, both of these teams, the, the the Packers and Saints. And the Saints, if they have a chance to get that one spot, you know, th- th- they'll be starving to get that one spot. Starving. They know they'll have Kamara um, and, and all of their running backs if they get the number one seed. The schedule makers otherwise are going to dictate whether Kamara is going to be available or not for their opening playoff game. So, This is such an interesting week, and even these meaningless games like the Jets and Patriots, I feel is a real opportunity for the better, and I think there's going to be a bonanza of underdogs that win the game outright this week, and uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. By the way, I'm just thinking this to myself. Can you imagine a scenario... Okay, so let's say let's say Green Bay holds 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 serve. They maintain the number one seed. Can you imagine with all that the New Orleans Saints as a franchise and their fans have been through with with the NFL officials on Madison Avenue? Can you imagine if the NFL decides to put play that game on Saturday? Can you imagine what Saint fans might travel to New York and look for Roger Goodell's head? I mean, I could you? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I read a little bit about this where they feel the NFL is going to kind of give the Saints a break and play them on Sunday. Uh, now, I don't know, you know, if that'll be pure luck. It'll be, you know, by design or, or whatever. But man, this is going to be so, so interesting if the Saints do not get the number one seed just to be waiting uh, to Sunday night or Monday morning when it comes out, uh, the playoff schedule. That, that is going to be great. But uh, no matter what the schedule is, we're going to have some ideas and thoughts and talk a lot about the uh, fantasy football playoff draft. Uh, I'm in three different ones. Um, one snake, one auction and one where it's kind of a suicide type thing where you use the player once and then you cannot use the player again and you could only use players once and that it obviously uh the teams that advance uh you know you you can use after that so you have to you think ahead and it's, it's a different tricky format so a lot of different ways and formats that people play fantasy football playoffs and uh, we're going to talk about all of it all right, sounds great, Wiz. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this. This is the last week of the regular season. We look forward to talking about some playoff stuff. We'll do some recap stuff on on thoughts about the season. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, but we're going to continue to party. Uh, I wish everybody out there a happy new year. Uh, Wiz, enjoy your football Sunday, and we will talk next week. You do the same. Thank you.